Welcome in to Duval Daily presented by GenJack.com. I'm Jordan DeLugo. Thank you for tuning in. <clears throat> Excuse me. Your Jacksonville Jaguars have signed their entire rookie class. So today we're talking expectations for the Jaguars' 7-2022 draft picks. I'm going to go ahead and set my year one expectations for these guys right now. If you enjoy the content, please like and subscribe on YouTube. We really appreciate your support. Could not do this without you guys. And of course, follow myself at Jordan DeLugo on Twitter, Generation Jaguar at Generation Jag. So yeah, the Jaguars drafted seven rookies. You got Trayvon Walker and Devin Lloyd in the first round. You've got Luke Fortner and Chad Muma in round three, Snoop Connor in the fifth they traded up for. And then you've got Gregory Jr. and Monteric Brown to round out the class two corners. So we're going to go go through all these guys and just set expectations for what they need to do in year one. And this isn't going to be about stats uh, or anything like that. It's going to be what are they doing for the football team? Because there's so much that goes into being an effective football player, especially on the defensive side of the ball, uh, more than just looking at the counting numbers like tackles, sacks, etc. We're going to go ahead and do it. Uh, signing your rookie class isn't what it used to be. It used to be very difficult sometimes, these negotiations. Uh, they were intense. But these contracts now, they're all slotted based on draft position, so it's pretty rare to see any long negotiations at this point or rookies holding out. Uh, still, the rookie class is now under contract, and it's well before mandatory minicamp, uh, well before training camp. So these guys have all summer to get ready for their rookie season, that rookie year, get those reps in uh, with the ones, with the twos, and and really get ready to have an impact as rookies. So it obviously starts with number one overall, Trayvon Walker. You expect him to be an immediate starter. I don't think there's really any question about that at this point. He's going to be in the starting lineup for your Jacksonville Jaguars. John says, yo, morning. Good morning, John. So, yeah, immediate starter, obviously, for Trayvon Walker. You're a number one pick. That's what you're drafted to do. But you need to show us what you've shown us before at Georgia, the ability to stop the run on the edge, obviously. Um, he did that very well at Georgia. You also want to see that drop ability, right? He can drop into coverage really well. He's fluid. He moves well. Good change of direction. Good instincts for a outside linebacker. And again, if you haven't been paying attention too much, Trayvon Walker is being uh, trained exclusively at outside linebacker in the Jaguars 3-4 base defense right now. They're going to expand his packages, but they want to get him comfortable specifically in that 3-4 outside linebacker role um, where he will be setting the edge. He'll be dropping into coverage. He'll be asked to create pressure off the edge against the pass. And that is what we really need to see from Trayvon Walker uh, throughout the season. You want to see him develop uh, the pass rush plan, the pass rush moves. Um, he's pretty raw in that regard, and it makes sense why he is raw in that regard. At Georgia, he was cross-trained across the entire defensive line and as a stand-up outside linebacker as well. So he had just way too many responsibilities to be able to dominate in one specific area. So he's being, you know, trained with Bill Shuey, the Jaguars outside linebacker coach, 
um, exclusively, again, to play outside linebacker to start his NFL career. And so you want to see him develop the pass rush plan, the moves, the hand usage, the ability to create pressure against the opposing quarterback in one-on-one situations, mano a mano against the tackle, the left tackle, right tackle, whoever it may be. You want to see him be able to stack moves and get in the backfield. John says, I'm still trying to make sense of our linebacker and cornerback rooms. Where will everyone play? Will Muma or Brown play at strong safety? So I don't think, at this point, I don't really see Muma or Brown playing safety. I I think Brown, they're going to try at cornerback. I don't think his athleticism is as prohibitive in a zone-heavy defense as it would be in a man defense. And I think the Jaguars will play more zone than man. I think his instincts, his ball skills, his uh, his footwork are all really high. Uh, he just didn't run well at the combine. Monteric Brown, that is Buster Brown. And then Muma, he's going to be the third linebacker, the sub-package linebacker. Could you say that some of the roles that he will play, uh, some of the packages he'll be put on, put in on the field on are going to be similar to what a strong safety would do. Yeah, you could say that. I mean, playing in the box, uh, probably covering tight ends, slots at times, running backs out of the backfield. So yeah, I I think the line is being blurred in the NFL between strong safety or box safety and, and a linebacker of Chad Muma's skill set. So, so I understand that, but, I wouldn't say they'll be playing strong safety. Certainly not Monteric Brown or Buster Brown. I keep wanting to call him Monteric, but he goes by Buster, so I'm going to get better at that. So back to Trayvon Walker, though. Again, got to be able to stop the run. We've seen him do that you know, time and time again throughout his young career uh, at Georgia. You want to be able to drop him into coverage, look comfortable there. He did at Georgia, so... I'm not too worried about that, but the biggest expectation, the biggest thing that Trayvon Walker needs to prove is that he has a pass rush plan and pass rush moves. Uh, That just needs to be happening pretty consistently by the end of year one for me to feel comfortable with that Trayvon Walker pick. Devin Lloyd traded up to number 27 overall from 33 to land Devin Lloyd Another immediate starter. He needs to be a tackling machine and a playmaker. Do exactly what he did at Utah. Um, A high-efficiency tackler, you want to see that from him. You don't want to see him missing many tackles. Jaguars linebackers have been notorious for that over the last several seasons. So you want to see when he gets there, wrap up, make the play. High-efficiency tackler. Uh, He needs to make plays as a blitzer. We'll see if they allow him to rush off the edge as like a 3-4 outside linebacker. He did that quite a bit at Utah. I don't know if they're going to immediately allow Lloyd to do that or ask Lloyd to do that in year one. But he's going to be on the field next to um, Foye Aluika, and they're going to be the two starting, if you will, linebackers. I do think Muma will get enough reps to be considered a starter. But when you're just looking at the starting 11 um, and base defenses, those will be the two off-ball linebackers, Devin Lloyd and Foye Aluokan. So this is a guy that can make plays all over the field, uh, really good against the run, very instinctive in coverage, good long athlete, 
I think he just needs to be a playmaker that makes the plays that are there, but also goes a little bit beyond the X's and O's at times to uh, really warrant trading up to 27, you know, giving up 33, giving up uh, the top of the fourth round pick and a six rounder to move up to get Devin Lloyd. Luke Fortner, this is a little bit tougher because you don't know if he's immediately going to find himself in the starting lineup, right? He's going to be competing with Tyler Shatley at center, uh, maybe even Ben Barch at left guard. I think he's smart enough and talented enough to win a starting job in the NFL as a rookie, but Shatley and Barch, they're not pushovers at all. Um, So for me, it's not going to be a disappointment if Luke Fortner does not immediately start uh, at the beginning of the season. But when he gets his opportunity, whether it's injury, uh, whatever it may be, he needs to play smart, sound football uh, and physical football. That's what he did his entire time at Kentucky and at the Senior Bowl. So I have really no concerns with what Luke Fortner will do once he gets on the field. It's just about earning his place on the field. Does he beat out Tyler Shatley, who has a ton of experience, uh, has worked with Trevor Lawrence, so we'll we'll see if he's able to beat Tyler Shatley out uh, or even beat out Ben Barch at left guard. I think both of those guys are quality offensive linemen. So for him to beat either of them out before the start of the regular season would be really impressive. But my expectation is whenever he does get on the field, just to play sound football, to be looking to hit someone, to not be making the glaring mistakes you've seen from some Jaguars rookies and young players in the past. On the offensive line. <clears throat> Excuse me. Brandon says, what was your favorite defensive and offensive additions this year? Offensive, uh, I mean, Christian Kirk. Defensive, I would say Devin Lloyd. Uh, I had him as the number 12 overall prospect in the 2022 NFL draft. And the Jaguars were able to trade up and get him all the way down at 27. So that was an unbelievable ad. UCF Jaguar, good to have you back, Jordan. Hell yeah, man. Happy you're tuned in. All right, so we've gone through Trayvon Walker, Devin Lloyd, Luke Fortner. Walker, Lloyd, immediate starters need to make an impact. Luke Fortner, we don't know if he's going to make uh, an immediate impact as a starter because we don't know if he's going to beat out Tyler Shatley or Ben Barch, who I do believe are both quality players. But once Fortner gets on the field, he needs to play just quality, sound football, not be making those big mistakes that you've seen from guys like Jawan Taylor in his rookie year, Cam Robinson, some others, even Ben Barch when he was younger had some struggles. Uh, so yeah, you just want to see him not have those big glaring mistakes. Chad Muma. Linebacker, number 70 overall. Uh, This is another incredible value, I believe. I had him at 33, I believe, on my board. Jaguars got him all the way at 70. I expect him to play a ton of snaps, whether it's as the third linebacker or the money backer that that Todd Bowles has popularized over the years. Um, Mike Caldwell, Jaguars defensive coordinator, comes from the Todd Bowles tree. So he will have a money backer, which is basically a hybrid strong safety linebacker type of role, moves around a lot. I expect Muma to really play similarly to Devin Lloyd in terms of being an efficient tackler, 
maybe even more efficient than Devin Lloyd in the tackling department. And he's got great instincts and coverage as well. Uh, really smart, instinctive run defender, intelligent guy, hard worker. I expect him to go out there and play like a starter. And let's make one thing clear. I haven't really talked about it yet. All of these guys are rookies. There will be mistakes. And that's one of the things about having potentially three, four rookies starting or playing big roles for you. There's going to be some mistakes throughout the season. Uh, hopefully most of those are early on and correctable and with better coaching that you than you have seen in Jacksonville over the last several years, you should be able to get coaching uh, on those mistakes and, and correct them more quickly than what you've seen in the past here. But Muma, like Lloyd, I, I think he has the ability to go beyond the X's and O's at times and just make plays. He's really athletic linebacker, really smart and instinctive, and he's he's a guy that made a ton of plays at at Wyoming, and I expect him to do the same thing in Jacksonville. And Muma, when you start looking at Muma, Snoop Connor, Gregory Jr., Buster Brown, all four of those guys they're going to be asked to make plays on special teams and contribute in special teams as well. Brandon says our defense is going to be scary this year. I've been saying Saxonville 2.0. There's an opportunity for that to happen, right? Um, you have Josh Allen, who you love. Trayvon Walker is going to be a starter opposite Josh Allen. Is he going to be able to contribute as a pass rusher early on He's going to be asked to, to, to do so. Is he going to be able to, you know, live up to those those expectations and those challenges laid out by the coaching staff? Jack Sarah says the extra preseason game should help the rookies. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I do think having an extra preseason game, giving them one more opportunity potentially to go out there and and Look, the preseason, the speed of the game is not the same as the regular season, but it is a step in the, the right direction. It, it's it's a taste of what the regular season is going to give you for these rookies. So, yeah, I agree. The Being able to play in the Hall of Fame game is going to help these rookies probably. Snoop Connor, this is another one that's tricky because it's not a defined role at this point for him because if J-Rob... James Robinson comes back during training camp. Connor probably won't even see the field very much on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, but, you know, could J Rob take a few extra weeks to get going? And if, uh, if that's the case, then Snoop Connor might be the Jaguars number two back entering the season. UCF Jaguar says, I love how the hunt actually brought us into the combine meetings. Yeah, that was cool. I think that was the best episode of the hunt. Uh, last night, the Jaguars aired that on their YouTube channel. You can go check it out. Uh, I think it was 27 minutes of you know behind-the-scenes coverage. They actually showed these interviews with these players prior, you know, with with Trent Baalke, with Doug Peterson prior to being drafted, kind of showing um, why these guys were so impressive to Doug Peterson and Trent Baalke. Devin Lloyd, you saw Trayvon Walker, I think a couple other guys. Uh, and yeah, Luke Fortner, I didn't even know this story. He had to get his eye, his eyelids stitched up during the middle of a game. He came back in that game and continued to play. 
that's incredible right there. That's incredible toughness. And Doug Peterson and Trent Baalke both talked about that. The football character, how much do you care about your team? How much are you willing to put on the line to sacrifice? And I think all of the guys they drafted, they feel confident that they'll do everything, go above and beyond for the team. That should get you excited. Because you've certainly seen some players come in here in the past that have not had that same mindset. But Snoop Connor, if he does get on the field uh, as an offensive, as a running back on the offensive side of the ball, what do you want to see him do? I think you want to see him show the ability to have some vision, uh, just make the right cuts in this zone rushing attack that you're going to see. Um, it's all about just finding that hole, finding the gap. Um, and making smart decisions. I think Connor has the quick feet you look for in a big five foot ten, two hundred twenty two pound back. He has power. Uh, he he was a running back by committee at Ole Miss, so he wasn't featured. But he he's a hell of a short short yardage back. Scored a ton of touchdowns for the Rebels uh, in college. So I don't know what to expect from him because I don't know if he's going to be on the field on offense very often just depends on James Robinson's health. But if he is on the field, I'd I'd expect him to look like a competent running back. And again, um, underrated asks, will Snoop start ahead of Ryquell Armstead? Great question. Armstead does have experience. I do think Armstead has talent. Obviously he missed all of 2020 battling COVID and, and the effects of COVID. So, is Armstead ahead of Snoop Connor when the season starts? I'm not sure. That's going to be another interesting one to watch. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing for Snoop if Armstead is ahead of him because, like I said, Armstead was drafted several years ago. Uh, he in 2019, I believe. He's he's a talented runner. Uh, there's no doubt about it. He's he's big and fast and strong too. UCF Jaguar says, "Does Kevin Austin edge out Treadwell?" We're talking about the draft picks, UCF. I'm kidding. I was going to talk about Kevin Austin after I get done with Gregory Jr. and Buster Brown. So we'll talk about that here in a moment. So getting to Greg Jr. and Monteric Brown, Buster Brown, these guys were both late round cornerback draft picks for the Jaguars. Jr. is from Washita Baptist. He has um, not played at the same level of competition as Buster Brown. Buster Brown's from Arkansas, played in the SEC his whole career, did a really good job. Junior is a better athlete overall, uh, lesser competition, but another guy who I was impressed by his tape, you know, for a late round draft pick. I think he's a quality, quality flyer. And I think Buster Brown, like I said before, this is a guy that if he ran in the four fours, you're probably looking at him being an early day three pick versus a late day three pick. Five interceptions last year in the SEC. He's instinctive. He's physical against the run. Good ball skills. Uh, I'm a fan of both of these guys. What do you want to see from them? What are the expectations? You got to have an impact on special teams, just like Snoop Connor, just like Chad Muma. Uh, there's a ton of depth at quarterback, cornerback. So if you look at these guys, they just need to make the roster. If they make the roster uh, and they're able to beat out guys like Chris Claybrook, excuse me, Chris Claybrooks, Brandon Rusnak, maybe even Xavier Crawford, who was really brought over for his special teams ability. 
following the Jaguars defensive backs coach. But, uh, you know, at top four, you've got Tyson Campbell, Shaquille Griffin, Darius Williams, Trey Herndon. So it's going to be difficult just to crack this roster for Junior and Brown. If they're able to do that, I think that shows a lot about who they are and what they can become. Kate says, first time catching you live. Have a great weekend, everyone. Absolutely. Happy Friday to everyone. Uh, Happy Obi-Wan Kenobi Day. We've got Stranger Things 4 today. A lot of fun stuff going on. (laughs) UCF says, this is what happens with live shows, Jordan. Us viewers mess up the order of operations. Well, let's go ahead and jump in to Kevin Austin. What do we expect from him? I've talked about him on the channel a bit before. But uh, Kevin Austin was the Jaguars' probably top priority undrafted free agent signing. Paid him a lot to come out. He is a really, really good athlete. Kind of broke out for Notre Dame in his final year there as a junior. Uh, He missed all of 2019 on suspension. So this is a guy that needs to prove he's a pro, that he's all about ball, that he's like the guys they drafted, that he he is a team-first type of player. Um, and can he beat out Laquan Treadwell? I honestly think that's going to be tough. Uh, he is a better athlete than Treadwell. He has more upside than Treadwell, but Treadwell is a pro. He's a good blocker. Um, he was at times the most reliable receiver for the Jaguars after injuries kind of took over last year. He still left a lot of plays on the field though. Did, um, did Laquan Treadwell. So it's interesting. I think Again, Austin has the ability to make plays that are beyond the X's and O's, like go up and get the ball and come down with some crazy passes. But at the same time, he kind of struggles with some of the easy stuff. Is he going to be able to block for you? Is he going to catch all the easy passes? I think, you know, going from Jack Cohn at Notre Dame, who was drafted, he's a decent quarterback, but he does not have a big arm. Going from that to Trevor Lawrence, Uh, that's going to be a big adjustment in terms of how fast the ball's coming out, how fast the ball's coming at him. Even when you saw him catching passes from EJ Perry during rookie minicamp, there were some moments where the ball got on him a little too quickly. Brandon says, I forgot Obi-Wan was today. I did too until yesterday. Someone reminded me. So uh, don't feel too bad, Brandon. I am pretty embarrassed about it, but it is what it is. Um, So yeah, I think Kevin Austin... If you're talking about expectations for him, if he makes the roster, that's that's a big win because you've got depth at receiver. You might not have a true number one in Jacksonville, but you have Christian Kirk and Marvin Jones are both quality starters. You've got Laquan Tret, or excuse me, uh, Lavisca Chenault and Jamal Agnew, who I both I think both have the ability to be very quality contributors, high quality contributors. You've got. Um, You've got Laquan Treadwell. Uh, I know I'm missing someone else. Oh, Zay Jones is obviously going to get a ton of reps. So we'll see. I I think if he makes the roster, the active roster, the 53-man roster, that's a win for Kevin Austin. I personally would still project Laquan Treadwell. I will be out there at OTAs this next Tuesday, and then hopefully for a minicamp and training camp, I'll be out there. So I'll be able to kind of get a better vibe for how Kevin Austin and Laquan Treadwell are looking at the back end of the roster. And 
it's not out of the realm of possibility for the Jaguars to keep seven receivers. They could very easily do that. Underrated says, what do you think our best player on the roster? Who do you think is our best player on the roster? Um, that's a good question. I would say Brandon Scherf, honestly. The Jaguars brought him in here, made him one of the highest paid guards in football. Five out of seven years, he's made the Pro Bowl. Yeah, he's had some injury issues, but even when he has injury issues, he plays an extremely high level, uh, makes the Pro Bowl. He's been an All-Pro before. I think Brandon Scherf is the most talented player on the team. Or excuse me, the best player on the team. I think the most talented player on the team is Trevor Lawrence. Chase says it's crazy that the team has been bad, but they still can't be beat for a roster spot. Well, yeah, the team has been bad, but there's been a huge talent influx from 2021 free agency, the draft class, and then 2022 free agency and draft class. The Jaguars spent a ton of money. They invested heavily in the draft. Um, They had a lot of draft picks, and they went out and used them um, the last couple of years, they, they lost some draft capital or some picks, I should say, when they went out and traded up for Devin Lloyd, but they still got seven draft picks coming in this year. Cade Charles says, I think Zay is really underrated. I've talked about Zay Jones. What do I think he's going to do for you? I think he's going to make the plays that are there within the X's and O's. He's going to be where he's supposed to be. He's going to make the catches that are easy. Um, he's going to be a good blocker for you. He's a good overall athlete. He will occasionally go above and beyond the X's and O's, but I wouldn't expect him to be like this exciting number one receiver. He's going to be the dirty work type of guy, the guy that gets open, uh, the guy that makes the catches that are there to be made, the easy ones, the guy that blocks for you, that helps guys like LaVisca Chenault, Jamal Agnew, Christian Kirk on these screens, um, on the outside zone rushing attack. He's going to help you there as well. Brandon says, I like Treadwell. Him and Trevor had a big connection last year. I know Visca run hard, but I like Treadwell a little bit. Oh, I'm out on that. You know, um, LaVisca Chenault struggled to catch passes last year with consistency. But Laquan Treadwell, this was a guy who was pretty much out of the league before the Jaguars brought him in last year. I think LaVisca Chenault has way more upside. And he's a different type of player. He's a guy that wins with physicality. You get the ball in his hands in creative ways, and you you let him do work. I think that's what you want to do with LaVisca Chenault. Critty says, I think Zay is going to be better than Marvin Jones. I absolutely disagree. Marvin Jones is a much more talented receiver. Underrated says, do you want the Jags to still get a safety like Landon Collins and free agency? Landon Collins is really a sub-package linebacker at this point in his career. Do you need that on this roster? I don't think so. Um, would he make them a little more talented? Yes. But where does he fit? Are you really going to play him at like... So what the Jaguars are going to do with their safeties a lot is you're going to see a lot of cover two, cover three, cover one, I don't know that you need Landon Collins there, honestly. So I don't think he's going to make a big impact if the Jaguars brought him in, to be completely honest. And he's probably taking reps away from some younger guys that you want to see on the field. Critty says, I said better than Marvin last season. 
I still don't think so, to be completely honest. Marvin Jones didn't drop a lot of balls, had a few disappointing moments throughout the season, but everyone on the roster did. I don't think Zay Jones is going to be more productive or more efficient than Marvin Jones was last year. Jack Sayre says safety is the Jags' biggest liability. I hear you. But Landon Collins, I don't think, has the range to really play in a cover two shell to be playing, you know, in the back third. And I'm not saying the Jaguars are going to do a ton of cover two. I'm not sure what they will do zone coverage wise. I do think you'll see a fair amount <laughs> of cover one, cover three, quarters, all that stuff. And I just don't think that when you're asking Landon Collins to play in coverage, he's going to be helping you out that much. Okay. UCF Jaguar says, should Taylor Lewan be drug tested? You tell me. That is a funny little thing that was going on. You know, Taylor Lewan has Bless Him With The Boys, YouTube channel, podcast, whatever. They were talking about the Titans schedule. He came out and he said that he thinks the Jaguars are a team that could be good at any moment. They have dudes that you have to worry about. And so, you know, I shared that on Twitter and um, I tagged Taylor Lewan and Bless Him With The Boys in it. And he came out and said that he fake news. He didn't say that. So I shared the video. He said the video has been edited. Funny stuff there. I think Taylor Lewan's just having a good time with us. Um, but yeah, you can go check that out on my Twitter at Jordan DeLugo. Uh, Brandon says, Christian Kirk, he can really stretch the field for us. And I think we use Ingram more as a wide receiver than a tight end. Yeah, Christian Kirk can stretch the field both from a horizontal perspective and a vertical perspective from the slot from outside. And and we talk about slot and outside so much. I think you're going to see a lot of bunch formations where it doesn't even matter who's outside, who's in the slot, et cetera. Uh, and then Evan Ingram, absolutely. He is a jumbo slot more than a tight end. You can line him up in line and he can be somewhat functional. But if you have an inline tight end, you're going to want it to be Chris Manhurts. You're going to want Evan Ingram in the slot. I agree. And even out wide, you can use them out wide too. Cerberus C says, I want to see Cisco play more. If he's not in the starting lineup, I think that's a travesty. He will be a starter for the Jaguars this year. I agree with you. Critty says, Kirk and Agnew can stretch the field. Absolutely. I'm with you there. And Kevin Austin can stretch the field if he makes the roster. And Evan Ingram and Dan Arnold. Underrated says, I want Cisco and and Andrew Thomas to play over Rayshon and Andrew. I think you mean uh, Daniel Thomas. I'm a big fan of Daniel Thomas. He's a little diminutive with his height. I think he's only like 5'10", but very explosive athlete for the safety position. Really good, consistent tackler, good instincts. I agree. I, I mean, I would not be mad if they allowed, or you know, I would encourage them to allow Daniel Thomas to compete with Rayshon Jenkins in the starting lineup to get reps. I think the guy can play. Uh, played a long time at Auburn, made a lot of big plays for them. I think he's a really good athlete for the safety position, just a little shorter than you'd like. But with his explosive leaping ability, with his speed, I think he makes up for that uh, for that lack of size and length. When I say size, again, I'm talking about height. He's got plenty of uh, plenty of beef on his frame to get the job done. I'm not worried about that. Critty says, I think Rudy Ford needs to play more. He played a lot last year. He was pretty much the Jaguars starting nickel. Um, 
So, yeah, I don't think he needs to play more than he did last year. I do think that Rudy Ford deserves to have a role on the on the defense uh, as a sub-package safety type of guy. I agree. I don't think he's a guy that you would want starting over Rayshon Jenkins personally or Daniel Thomas, uh, but but in a sub-package safety role when you want three safeties on the field, sure. Jack Sayre says, what was wrong with Jenkins last year? So he wasn't terrible when it comes to just uh, playing in the box, you know, coming off the edge, being an overhang defender. What he really struggled with was penalties and making really, really dumb decisions at poor times. And I think probably some of that had to do with the fact that it was a really frustrating situation for all the players in Jacksonville. I think you saw them make mistakes that they wouldn't normally make. But yeah, Rayshon Jenkins, he needs to be able to um, control his emotions on the field. Several times last year, he was unable to do that, and it cost the team. All right. What else do we got going on here? Zach is whack. Are you doing any videos over this long weekend? I probably am not going to, to be completely honest with you guys. Probably going to try to enjoy myself. I was sick all last week and sick earlier this week, so I'm probably just going to try to enjoy myself over the weekend, but I will be back Monday. Monday, I might do a video. We'll see. That is uh, the holiday, obviously, so I'm not sure. Tuesday, though, for sure, I'll be out at OTAs. We'll be getting it going. Brandon says, I think we need to sign Dan Arnold to a long-term deal. Definitely uh, win that trade with Carolina. Absolutely. They won that trade for sure. Do I think Jimmy Smith's son makes the team, or is he a practice squad guy? He might not be either. You know, I like I like Jimmy Smith the third. You know, Trey Smith is what he used to go by. Um, you know, I just it's it's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough for him to even make the practice squad. To be completely honest with you, I think he has talent, but at the running back position, you've got Etn, you've got Robinson, you've got Connor, you've got Armstead, uh, you've got a couple other guys there. Yeah, underrated says, remember when Jenkins punched the 49ers player? Exactly. And I believe that was a rookie. (laughs) Unbelievable. Oh, yeah, but back to Dan Arnold. Should the Jaguars lock him up on a long-term deal? I don't see why not. You know, he's not going to be an expensive tight end. I I agree. I think they should keep him around for a long time. UCF Jaguar says Ingram, Arnold, and Manhurts are all free agents next year. Exactly. They are. Pretty incredible. Who do we keep? This is part of the reason I really wanted them to go out and get Trey McBride this year in the draft. Uh, They didn't really have a good opportunity to do that. He got drafted um, prior to, you know, they went and got Devin Lloyd, so they didn't have a second-round pick. He got drafted prior to their next pick, so a little tough there. But um, I would guess – you want to keep Ingram and Arnold, but do you have the cash? Do you have the ability to do both of those things? You you would limit yourself with the rest of your roster if you kept both of them. Um, if Evan Ingram has a big season, it might be difficult to sign him. It might be easier to keep Dan Arnold and then go draft a tight end um, at some point on like the second day of the draft in, in 2023. John says, if Ingram actually catches, we keep him. If not, we keep Arnold. Yeah, so Ingram, 
He's been in the league for five years. Excuse me. I think three of those five seasons. Excuse me. Got some burps coming up. Sorry about that. Uh, three of those five seasons, he's had a reasonable drop rate in between six and 8%. His rookie year and um, I believe 2020, 2020, he had just far too many drops and too many mistakes. So I do think Ingram's going to play well here. It might be difficult to keep him around. Long story short, I think it's going to be easier to keep Dan Arnold and he might be a little bit more reliable if a little bit less explosive. <laughs> beer burps. I wish I had the beer burps. I haven't had a sip of alcohol in weeks. Critty says, I think Evan is going to get done how Eagles did. Also, when he had a one-year deal, he was ball and extend his contract midseason. I think... Yeah, I think Evan Ingram's going to play well. I really do. Underrated says, if all our players retired, who would make the Hall of Fame? I mean, I think Brandon Scherf is a Hall of Fame level player. You know, if you make the Pro Bowl in five out of seven years, that's tough. Uh, Tough to overlook. So that's a guy who I think would be the only one right now that I can think of off the top of my head that would probably have legitimate Hall of Fame uh, potential right now. Jack Sayre says tight end and safety in next year's draft. Yep. And I would say receiver as well. Marvin Ingram's or Marvin Ingram. Marvin Jones is in the final year of his deal. Right foot up, left foot slide says, do you think a tight end or wide out will break with 1000 yard mark this season? Yeah, I think Christian Kirk will. Deborah Green, my mother says, don't forget to like the video. Appreciate you, mom. Yes, everybody. Don't forget to like and subscribe. That's going to do it. We've been running for about 38 minutes here. Really appreciate everyone for tuning in. Again, your support, watching the channel, hitting like and subscribe helps me out a ton, helps Jen Jag out a ton, and I couldn't be more thankful for all of y'all's support. Hit me up on Twitter, at Jordan DeLugo, follow Generation Jaguar, at Generation Jag, and of course, check out GenJag.com for all the latest Jaguars news, analysis, and Duval gear. Enjoy your holiday weekend. I'll be back at you Tuesday. We'll have uh, OTAs, so that should be a fun day. I'll be out there taking pictures, trying to get some videos of Trayvon Walker for you guys and and uh, having a good time out there. Have a good one, Duval.